Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Resilient and Real. I'm your host for today, Aymara Freeman, Public Relations Manager. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Ms. Dora Mejia, Supervising Medical Emergency Planning Specialist with Behavioral Health. Hi, Dora. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being with us here um, today. So this week, Behavioral Health is internally celebrating Customer Service Week, which is a time for us to recognize all of our valuable DBH employees. And every one of us, we just all do so much and we all work together for the common good, I think, of our community. But what the work that your team is doing really stood out in my mind, which is why I reached out to you. But Dora, before we kind of go into that, maybe you can tell our listeners, what is it that you do or that you did do prior to COVID on a day-to-day basis? So a little insight on what a supervising medical emergency planner does. It is a very unique position. Basically, it oversees all of the emergency response for the Department of Behavioral Health. And that can include an array of things, Um, whether it's deploying staff out to the field, whether it's um, making sure that we have the resources that we need for staff safety, the resources that our field teams need in order to be safe while responding to an emergency, and a multitude of stuff. It really depends on the emergency. Um, I have been doing emergency management for the past 14 years, and it's been a learning lesson ever, ever since I started. So what do you do when there's not an emergency? That's a good question. I think I've always been (laughs) so attached to my work. I love being a public servant. Um, I love helping people in the time that they need it the most. I really got my start working in the EMS field. So I used to do paramedic licensing and inspection of ambulances and fire engines. So it didn't you know, stray away too much from what I'm currently doing now, just in a different capacity. Awesome. So Dora, take me back to March of 2020, when COVID just started, when it became a thing, and everyone was just really panicking. What were some of the things that you and your unit, the Office of um, Disaster and Safety, what are some of the things that you did immediately for the community? Wow, it's kind of crazy to think back that it's been this long. It's going on 18 months and it doesn't seem to be stopping. But back in March of 2020, when we started seeing a pattern that this was becoming um, an incident of concern before it was really declared a global pandemic, we started to make sure that, one, we were always in the know as far as what was going on locally in our county, the kind of assistance that not only our staff needed, but that the community needed. So we got our first request to respond as the first responders by the Office of Emergency Services. And we assisted public health in a lot of their specimen points of collection, also known as SPOCs. So within a day's notice, we had a team out in the field ready to assist in the whole process that would turn into COVID-19 testing. And what's a SPOC? So the specimen points of collection were the first major clinics or settings where we 
were doing COVID-19 testing for the community. So it would determine whether they were actually affected with COVID-19 or if they were not. Mind you, when we first started this, we there was a lot of unknowns. We didn't know what we were looking at. The whole concept of COVID-19 was very new to everyone. So when we responded, it was very much to something new. We didn't know what we were looking at. But our main role there was to make sure that our community was supported, that we were providing not only the right um, mental health support, but that we were assisting our fellow county departments in providing the service out to the community. Now, Dora, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're all part of this this grander scheme of of really helping out in the community. So even from my perspective in communications, we were right there also from a different perspective in that, you know, the county PIOs all got together and we figured out who would report where and when. And one of those instances, I remember going out to this the Spock in Ontario and it was at the park at this really beautiful park. And um, it was one of the first kind of mass testing sites that we were offering and it was drive through at the time. And I remember parking like a mile away and then walking and then you greeted me there with all the DBH team and then there was public health and then there was just like maybe a hundred other people there that were just on the county side that were helping. But one of the things that stood out to me when I was there was how hot it was, number one. (laughs) And number two, how passionate our DBH staff were about the work that they were doing. So for me, this was Ernie was one of them. He was head to toe in like the COVID garb. I don't know even what that is. It's like the mask, the other mask, like the the hairnet maybe, (laughs) like slippers (laughs) over his shoes, like this, this robe. And he was going up and actually administering the test. And it was hot and it was hot. And I was like, and he was just he was sweating, but he was working and everyone else there was working and everybody was there to help. And that was really kind of epitomizes what I think most of DBH employees, who they are and what they do. Very, very passionate about what you guys do. And so maybe you can tell us today, it, I mean, maybe off the top of your mind, it might not be the right number, but how many of these spots and not only that, but actual vaccine uh, administering sites that you've your, your unit has done? Well, I have to really agree with you. Um, the team that we had out in the field, boots on the ground ever since this started, was not only passionate, but they were such hard workers in the fact that a lot of our testing sites were in the middle of 105 degree weather in the middle of summer. Um, not only did they have to try to maintain composure in such a like hot environment, but they were fully PPE'd. Right. You were talking about goggles and masks, gloves. Um, there was so many unknowns as to what we were looking at with COVID that we wanted to make sure that our staff was protected. And they were always so willing and able to help, even if, if I asked them to put on, you know, a couple of pounds of PPE on them just to make sure that they were safe. But you're right, they're very passionate. I believe that our last numbers since responding, uh, it has been over 37 or 38 SPOCs, specimen points of collection. Uh, We participated in the mass MPOD, which took place at the Fontana Speedway. 
And that event alone, we ended up doing over 3,500 vaccinations. Wow. And our team was there along with several other hundred county employees. And in the middle of summer, when not only, you know, we had miles and miles of cars that were waiting to get vaccinated, our staff never wavered. They were there for almost 12 hour shifts. Um, They did their absolute best. I have nothing but rave reviews for the the kind of staff that I get to work with day in and day out. They've been absolutely amazing from internal staff to CCRT and everybody in between. It's been quite an honor. The part that makes it even kind of more special is the fact that like these are people who are providing like behavioral health services as well. You know, it's very easy for someone on the outside to overlook that, to think that it's not a priority or, you know, it's kind of just like one of those things that people don't think about. They don't remember that behavioral health is a first responder. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an afterthought, but we don't let it get to that. (laughs) It's like, we are there. We're just like, something is happening we want to be there. We want to be able to help. So the fact that it's like these are behavioral health professionals that are willing to be there when really I think they could probably say, you know, this isn't our this isn't our ball ball game. You know, we don't we don't have to be a part of this. We're going to see them after the fact. But that's not what we do. Exactly. And I think this has been such a learning experience. I don't think we ever saw that behavioral health would take such a, a role in something like this. But they have. They've shown other departments that we're not only here to help the community, but also first responders that are responding alongside of us. So it's been quite an honor to work such a great team and just the teamwork between county departments and the way that they've embraced what we do. It's been quite amazing. Absolutely. And then as you were talking about all the different MPODs that you've done, I actually remembered we went out to Needles and Ashley was there too. And you were there, of course, Dora, Dr. Kelly, Dr. Frausto. And I remember Dr. Avalos was there and he was handing yes. out fruit snacks and stuff. And somebody came and asked me for a fruit snack. And I said, hello, Dr. Avalos, like you're supposed to be handing these out. <laughs> and he told me he was taking a break. But the fact that like a psychiatrist like was out there because he wanted to support this effort. He wanted to, you know, talk to the community members. I'm like, yeah, that's TPH. That's what we do. Exactly. It's been, I think it's placed a lot of different um, people in roles that they probably didn't see themselves in. But, you know, all of our DBH staff has been completely flexible as this emergency has developed and they're willing to kind of be assigned to whatever help is needed and they do it without questions asked. Even if I request the most outrageous thing, they're willing to help. That's awesome. And Dora, you know, you you speak a lot about your team, but I will speak a lot about you and that you are always available as as far as I know. Every time I call you, you're available. <laughs> and you're one of those people that everyone knows they can depend on. If something's happening, call Dora. She you know, she can let you know where to go or what to do or 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 whatever. She can find that information. So for the purposes of of our time on this podcast, why are you passionate about what you do? What gets you to work every day? I really do it because I really enjoy helping people. Emergency management became, it just became a part of me. It it became the reason why I woke up every day. I love what I do. I love being a conduit of information for somebody that 
may need it during an emergency. And I just all around just love helping people. It's, it's what gives me my drive. So I do it with disregard of my time. I do it because I want to be there for people. So it's, it's an honor for me to just be able to work with such a passionate team and for having a team that believes in me that much. Well, we're so glad to have you as a part of our DBH family. Dora Mejia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. National Recovery Month may be over, but we're celebrating recovery every day. Check out this powerful poem by a DBH employee. Hello, everyone. My name is Alex Cordova, and I'm an alcohol and drug counselor for Department of Behavioral Health, Substance Use Disorder and Recovery Services, and I work at the Screening Assessment and Referral Center. My poem, I wrote it to inspire somebody that is struggling with alcohol and drug addiction um, and needing help and to show them that there is hope. And the name of my poem is called I Am. I am. I am lost in this darkness in the garage in a hole I can't get out of. The darkness consumes me. It feels good. It feels numb. It hurts. I see tweakers on window patrol. I see fools playing with the devil's flute. It gets darker. It feels numb. It hurts. I see the garage door half open or half closed. To me, the optimist, it's half open. I see the light. I am out. I smell the morning dew on the green grass. I can breathe. It feels good. It feels great. I see life. I see love. I see hope. I am free. I am a son. I am a brother. I am a father. I am a friend. July 26, 2002 is my start in recovery. I am the real me. Did you know DBH is starting a book club? The Overbook Club meets virtually Monday, October 25th at noon. This month's feature book is Everything Here is Beautiful by Mira T. Lee. For all the details, visit dbhnow.org slash the dash overbooked. And as always, if you'd like to share your story of resiliency on the podcast, please send us an email at dbh-publicrelations at dbh.sbcounty.gov. And don't forget to follow us on social media to stay updated on all things DBH. Until next time, live life resilient and real. 